<clears throat> but yeah. Don't worry, uh, man. It, it's uh, speaking of uh, the natural world, uh, geopoetics. Yeah. That's something to get into. Uh, you know, being, uh, if you could, if you could explain that a little bit. Also, I wanted to in- introduce you. How do I pronounce your name, by the way? Uh, it's my first name is Leszek. Like, quite. Yeah, that's it. Okay. It's, so, and the other one is Stalevsky. That's nothing. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, okay. So today we have Leszek Stalevsky and we're going to talk, yeah, uh, a little bit about art and continuing uh, on some of the geological topics as well as I really wanted to talk about <clears throat> Kojev's Incarnating Beauty book a little bit too. I don't know if you've read any of it. I haven't. I haven't. Like it's it's weird because I it, before I stepped into the American uh, discourse on philosophy, like Kojevi was never a topic in German academia before. I only started to hear of him on, on Twitter, basically, like, like a few years ago, like two, three years ago, maybe, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like he became, I don't want to say like a meme philosopher, just because I think he's actually really great. I think there's a lot of... I think he has really interesting views on art. I've been reading a little bit about Agostino uh, Silla, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, that stuff is really interesting. But yeah, so we're here. Uh, there's a snowstorm. I have no idea if the power is going to cut out or what not. But I guess I'm just going to hand it over to Leshik and he can sort of explain what he's about and uh you know we're putting we try to put everything together yeah well i'm a a writer and uh, my second profession is i help my wife in the studio she's an artist and this is what we do all the time i personally write um, short stories and uh, currently i'm working on a longer project novel and this is also the one that took me into geology quite a bit because um, it's uh, evolved there as a theme. And my short stories at first, they are centered around two different things. Like the one of them is um, uh, my uh, biography, means um, meaning that some of my short stories play in uh, Poland or me in Germany being like there and back with Pola- uh, in Poland and... The whole backstory of my dad being a used car salesman, my mother a cleaning lady. So there's a bit of that. And the other thing is I was working and still am working a lot on science fiction short stories. I started doing that a couple of years ago. I always had ideas of doing something like that. And I started to writing more short stories because I wanted to amalgamate these two things that uh, are in my writing into one which is which is what i'm doing in my uh novel i'm working on right now which is becoming like this gigantic project i'm at two parts are done of eight currently which is the plan and i'm 400 pages in so i hope i'll be able to cut that down a bit but currently i might it might turn out like a thousand page monster wow and yeah yeah, I'm, I'm especially because it promised like I have an agent and I promised her to have a 
like at least one readable uh, 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 version done by the end of this year. And I'm like, okay, so I have to somehow write 800 pages this year, which it's going to be turned out a bit difficult. 800, yeah. 800 pages, that's long. <clears throat> that's long. That's way too long, too much. I have to cut that down sometimes. But I realized that in the plan I have, I mean, videos off behind me, there's a bit of a sketch I'm working on. In the plan, I'm a few events I had somewhere worked out in the third or fourth path are already. Yeah, and this, this is like how I encounter the whole geology issue. Like that, this is one way because the other is, as I sent you the pictures of my wife's works, right. was the other one was uh, the installation my wife got issued in this summer. Uh, it got commissioned. So she was approached by the Konrad Adenauer Stiftung, which is like a, a fund. They fund all the kinds of stuff, you know, like one of these. Whoa, big, how do you uh, pronounce found, that? Foundation. <laughs> Konrad Adenauer Stiftung. Konrad Adenauer was the first German chancellor after. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, it's quite big. It's close to the Chris, uh, Christian Democratic uh, Party, like the CDU in Germany. So it's Merkel's That's party. Merkel, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they and my wife had a like a like. Um, was what you call was supported by them for a year and then they had a she had an exhibition there they liked her works and then they commissioned uh uh from her uh they wanted to see if they can do something for the uh for the what you call it this the main building which is set in berlin and um we did that in the summer because i'm helping her a lot in the studio while we used to be an art hand as they say it was my part-time job and then later we like cut working for other people i cut working for other people and i only helped my wife and this is how we like became a family business oh that's mm. cool yeah family yeah, business yeah, yeah 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 family business is quite cool actually because it makes like it shortens everything you don't leave so much it becomes everything becomes a bit more like private and connected and real, you know. Sometimes we feel like we, we we joke that we're in like a like an old like an old shop that you know the 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 office is in the top and the the living is at the bottom. You know, everything is like uh, quite uh, uh, what you say uh, like integrated, right? And close and familiar. And uh, uh, family-like, not familiar. You, you know, <laughs> so they. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, sorry to cut you off. I, I nothing, nothing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, so we, so she had this commission, and she had this old stones she had from the work there um, uh, from an exhibition ten years ago, which were lavic stones that were like fifteen kilograms. That it's, I think, that's something like always close to the double. Think in pounds, so like 30, 40 pounds stones. And we started working with those, but we knew that th these were too small. So we got new, larger stones that were not lavic, but from travertine, which looks like a bit more like organic because it is from organic mat. So we kind of connected Neptunic and Plutonic stones and for this installation. Ah, and cool. Yeah, that's quite interesting because, you know, as 
the interesting thing is that I realized quite late is that you know the the Neptunic the stones from organic matter, calc and everything, they might be exclusive to Earth, you know. There's no sediment from living organisms on Mercury or Venus or Mars, you know. Right. So stones like marble are exclusive to this planet. So we worked with uh, the Travertine, which is quite, you know, uh, uh, we are in Rome right now. So using Travertine was very obvious for us. And the facade of the building is also made from Travertine. So we connected all that. and But they all also need to represent like parts of the brain because my wife works a lot with that. And we did this installation. And in the same time in my novel, these like geology and 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 uh, uh, mineralogy mineralogy became like a theme in the stones that i realized that a lot of times when i used to give the characters like a, a table or um, in the bathroom or somebody like fell in a deep hole and thought about something that a lot of time i started referencing stones like automatically without looking for it so this kind of all amalgamated, like connected each other the summer. And since then, I fell into this and becoming like a hobby geologist. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, artists used to become hobby geologists. I mean, Agostino Schilla, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. He's Italian. And Steno. And, you know, there's like, there were all these questions on that arose around fossils. You know, you talked about... Mm -hmm. Plutonism and uh, I I don't I don't know exactly what you're talking about marble being sort of native to this planet. I mean, you know, uh, Steno he basically posited stuff that like you know that fossils were grown within rocks. You know, it was almost like every sort mm -hmm. of I know we talked about Gota, we talked about um, a few other people as well, but there was this like very, you know, sort of like world-centric dimension to thinkers and artists and philosophers. And and I think we've sort of seen that go away a lot. Mm. And things have become so particularized, um, very much about personality. And to sort of segue a little bit into that, I just read uh, Kojev's <coughs> book, uh, Kandinsky in incarnating beauty which basically he makes a i think you know like i've had this i've sort of brought this up as an example but i haven't really articulated it that great um the reason why like art doesn't really exist is because it's too representational meaning it's like sort of like fully discursive in a weird way so like the example i would give is like something like a a show white lotus blah 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 you know what i mean it's like it's it's very mm. like representational of a certain sort of dynamic that exists within society therefore in its representation it's actually a lot less objective as where something like a cartoon or you know like a a detective show, something that's like highly speculative and implausible would be more objective because it just exists exactly as it is. You know, you look at a rock, it contains beauty in and of itself based on yes. the, the value of what it 
represents in terms of like how you can touch it, its dimensionality, um, its and its smell. representations form themselves. Exactly, and they form themselves through you. So you don't, you don't, you sometimes you even can't add too much to something like that. That was for 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 us. It was like also important when he took the rocks and Paula, you know, thought about that she immediately abandoned the idea of working on them because it's like you know you're not gonna take a rock these days and start to chisel out something of it and you got you know and a lot of times people when they start using certain materials they use them as you said as this representational things immediately have to mean something and this what they means is something representative of some sort of discourse that is important you know the current thing as you say you know right this was something that wasn't that important for us. More like this, this archaic uh, uh, forces and like brains and uh, uh, the politics form themselves around these things. So you don't have to uh, access anything else. Right. It and it is really sort of interesting because you know I think a lot about you know the current thing. And the counter signaling mm. of the current thing. And it's completely oblivious to these greater, like grander geological forces that are complete, you know, like they're all around us, you know, and it's, they've just sort of faded into the background mm. of our conscious um, because we've placed this emphasis on like the personalization of everything. And, you know, it's like when you do something artistically representational and you make it sort of about society or politics or whatever the fucking bullshit mm. what you're essentially ascribing to that art is you're you're like taking away its objecthood because then it becomes about the discourse in question uh and the subject the commodification of the subjective experience like so if you're you know, painting something and you've got like people in there, it's like political or whatever. That's based on your subjective interpersonal opinion as a relationship to those things that exist already. So you're basically taking your opinion and putting it onto something and then you're commodifying that subjective experience and trying to sell it as like an absolute work of art, you know, and Kandinsky was one of the first people along with the Hilma AF Clint to completely go beyond, I think the four categories that you talk about in painting, uh, which are basically expressionism, impressionism, realist painting, and symbolic painting. I, I Hilma AF Clint was like a little bit more symbolic, right? Uh, yeah, she was like this, this uh, quite esoteric. She was also close to the theosophic, theosophic society. And, and when I'm no correct, she didn't allow the paintings to be seen after, before 1970, I think. There was some sort of, yeah, she had, she put some sort of thing in her will and they were sealed for a while. That was one of the reasons why she was forgotten. Because there was, uh, I, I can't remember, I read it in a catalog because she blew up a bit in the past years when they rediscovered her right because she yeah woman predating men was like a big thing of course yeah and uh like also my favorite 
person from that time is always, uh, uh, because I read a bit of him, is um, uh, Malevich, uh, Kazimir Malevich, the, the black square who came with that, who also looked for something that is non-representational, that uh, tries to evolve something new. Like today, it's, yeah, the private feelings, the which are quite often not that private because quite often it's, the biennial is centered around the five the essays everybody has read and the depictions of it, you know, and uh, things have become, I think one of the reasons is be that so many archers aren't experienced in the space itself. So they are experienced only like online. A lot of people will experience shows through browsing through eFlux and or some Insta feeds. So a lot of this is, uh, already uh, uh, the things are dematerialized themselves into 2D dimensions. So often I saw uh, artists and artworks from like famous contemporary artists that look quite cool uh, on the phone, I have to admit. But then when you step into the room with them and you see this, you know, the materiality of these things, they like disappear. They don't exist. It's like you look at the phone and say, this is real. And you look in the room and they like dematerialize themselves. It's a weird uh, process because when quite often when you see works that are sometimes difficult to photograph, that are difficult to to encounter in a digital space, they, they uh, like turn, like it's when you see them in real life, it's like they turn up so much.